Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today I am joined by just one of my gaming dads, Mr. Gary Witta, here at the table. And of course, we have a very special guest, Gary. I brought on an expert to help school you and I and the audience on the big Microsoft versus FTC court case going on right now as the closing arguments are in. I thought, you know what? Let's get someone who knows their stuff. Let's get someone who's not a jabroni like you and I. The school is just a little bit. So I brought on one incredible gal. She's a freelance journalist previously at the Washington Post. She has written for the New York Times, CNN, The Verge, IGN, and so much more. It's Shannon Liao. Shannon, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing well. How are you, Mike? It's so great to see you. I am wonderful. It is great to see you again, of course. I've been lucky enough as the rookie here at Kind of Funny to go to a number of gaming events this spring and summer, and I've got to bump in and meet Shannon at all these different events, and everybody talks so highly of her, and she was so nice to me to meet me and talk to video games with me. So I thought, you know what? Let's call her up. She's the expert today. Thank you. I'm, I'm actually, I am actually very glad to have a proper expert on this. I mean, when we were talking about this case on the show last week, yes. I've, I, as the words were coming out of my mouth, I've never been more aware of the fact that I had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> so a proper expert is very welcome on the show this week. We're really happy to have you, Shannon. And of course, we're going to talk all things court case in just a little bit. But I want to talk a little bit about you because, of course... Our audience here at Kind of Funny may have seen you before. Maybe they don't know about you and all your hard work around the industry. We talk freelance games journalists. You've written for some big-time outlets before. What got you into games journalism, and why games journalism of all things? I know, I know. People always ask me this. Like, People don't understand what it is either, and they're so confused. I, I have some friends from my birthday party. They try to get me some video games, and I say... You know that, that's unnecessary. I have all the video games. Uh, you, you really don't get what I'm doing, but uh, but yeah, no. Going back to uh, like my past a little bit, I started off like loving writing, loving to read books, and then I was just really inter interested in journalism. I started off with like tech journalism and covering like the, the uh, business. And eventually, I got to CNN, and they they told me like you know, do you want to fly out to Los Angeles? Do you want to go to E3 and, and cover video games and I was like, of course, uh, who would say no to that? Um, and then the vice president of CNN like, walked by my desk back when we still were in the office. And uh, he was like, you know, are you a gamer? Like, do you, do you think you're a gamer? And I thought that, that was so awkward. That was such a cringe question to ask me at that moment. So, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to say yes. I am a gamer. Just send me there. And I flew over to, to E3 in Los Angeles. And uh, I, I remember the bodyguard at the door was like, wait, CNN is here? Like, what's going on? And so it was this really cool, like, intersection that I found myself in where a lot of, like, older media was not covering games that much. And I just jumped in there and started covering it from 2019 to now, which has only been, like, four years. Uh, but I got to see the last in-person E3 and, and compare it to the event that you just saw me at, the Summer Game Fest, which is a huge difference. Uh, but, yeah, just, like, the past several years have, have been really good to me in terms of, like, getting all that access to all the different uh, developers you might imagine, all the different uh, types of games and covering them from not just like the, the, the basic standpoint of like reviewing them, but also from like who is making them, the, the labor conditions and more of like the business side and like the lawsuits and the, the FTC trial that, that we're talking about tonight or this afternoon. That's pretty amazing. Shannon, what cool kind stuff. of games do you like to play? What are some of your favorites? Yeah, uh, I like to play Maple Story. So when you're talking about 
all the different rogues and trends. I'm like, there are some really useless classes in MapleStory too. Uh, I could totally see that as well. And uh, League of Legends is another one I, I keep coming back to. Uh, Neopets kind of like died off a little, but I still cover them here and there. And uh, I try to play every single game. So I'm also playing Tears of the Kingdom and Diablo. Diablo I also really like because it's similar to MapleStory. Gary's big into Diablo uh, right it's, now. It's my addiction right now, yeah. He can't stop now. Yeah. Shannon, has the Diablo bug bit you? Are you still on tears and just sharing a little bit of time with Diablo? Or have you finally jumped fully into the pool of that one? It is tough uh, when you're like one person trying to cover all the games. So I put in like about several hours into both and I'm trying to like juggle them. Uh, so I have like four Zelda hearts uh, and then I also have uh, maybe like like level 15 Diablo, so nothing to really brag about right now. But uh, I'm also a rogue, and so I don't know if that's like a, a good class or not. You have to tell me if I should change classes. I can probably turn back right now. So uh, it's yeah, it's funny. Uh, my wife's playing a lot of Tears of the Kingdom. She's obsessed with Tears of the Kingdom. Love Breath of the Wild. Now she's playing Tears of the Kingdom. I'm hardcore into Diablo Four, and obviously they're very different games. But you know, you level up, you get loot. You know, mm -hmm. the whole thing. Well, in Zelda, you don't level up. But you know what I mean? You hit monsters and you get loot. Um, there's different levels of gear in Diablo. You know, the, the highest level is Ancestral. The one below that is Sacred. Uh, all of my gear is Ancestral, except my pants are Sacred Pants. And I was saying to my wife this morning, I've got to get some Ancestral Pants. And she kept laughing at me like, oh, Ancestral Pants is so funny. But then she played, then she's playing Zelda as well. And she just got, she just got a new um, pair of leggings called Trousers of Time. And I'm like, you can't give me shit anymore. If you, if you have Trousers of Time, I can have Ancestral Pants. Hey, Gary, those are the <laughs> pants from Ocarina of Time, so mm. put some respect oh, on Oh, there you go. But you can't tell me that the, the phrase Trousers of Time is not inherently funny, because it is. It's, it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I still think Ancestral Pants, like, what is that? You dig them out of your ancestors? Yeah, it's like, like, yeah, it's like, it's like pants <laughs> that your grandfather used to wear or something, but that's just like <laughs> what they call the highest level of gear is Ancestral. That's cool right now. A lot yeah. of kids like vintage. You know, that's, you, that, well, that's the thing. Yeah, go to the like, store and get some ancestral pants. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, I'm on the hunt for that. Uh, Shannon, I love you. Made me smile when you brought up Neopets. I think that's awesome. What classic callback? League of Legends has a big soft spot in my heart and also a big place in my wallet because I spend too much money on that shop. Give me one of your favorite characters in League of Legends because I'm always excited to talk League. Oh yeah. Okay, well, I am a one-trick pony. I play a lot of Misfortune, um, and then I see people uh, Misfortune cosplay. Oh, sorry, you said wait. No, what I said it? that's sweet. I love Misfortune. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I thought you were going to go on like a, a, a long speech about Misfortune too. You know? I'd be like, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so I have her, her fan art, and I play her like so many hours. I have like over one million champion points, or like mastery points in, in just misfortune and so people when they are like competing against me in like esports they will ban misfortune completely and i'm just like oh no i have these other <laughs> very weak champions and stuff uh but we can try i like that i go bot support as well but i always go leona or blitzcrank you know that's my that's my go-to i never played league and never got into it i only know that so well who's the fun. character the little girl that has like the giant teddy bear because i like that one and i believe it. yeah yeah i like that character and I like Jinx. Mm -hmm. Just yeah, you know, I just I, I I'm not even going by like what can they do in the game. I just like I'm looking at the character. That's a cool looking character. Yeah. They Riot does a very good job of creating cool looking characters. Shannon, did you like yeah. Arcane? Yeah, no, I was gonna say so many of my friends got into uh, League through Arcane, even if they never played. Uh, and Jinx is the main character there, so you're not wrong. Like, and then I also interviewed the person who voices her, and she's actually based off of like Harley Quinn and those kinds of like right female ones. So yeah. cool. That's cool stuff. Shannon, of course, this is an Xbox podcast, so we have to ask you, what's one or two of your favorite Xbox games that you like to play? Yeah, yeah. So I loved Gears of War 5. I got really obsessed with the trailer with Billie Eilish, and then I started playing the whole thing uh, over and over. And that was... Uh, Mike, Mike, Mike is a, you've come to the right place if you want to talk to talk about Gears. Mike's your man. I love Gears. Me and Gary played through the Horde mode together. Oh, that Horde, Horde mode is still my us. favorite. Oh my God. Gears 3, Horde mode. I used to play with the giant bomb guys. Legendary times. Really fun. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I wish we could play another one. Yeah, we should, uh, please add me on, on Xbox. I like that channel. <laughs> now, I will, I'll recommend a fun one for you. If you liked Gears 5, did you try Gears Hive Busters? Oh, no, I haven't. Okay. Here's a fun little easy weekend play session for you. You can beat it in one sitting, maybe two, not a long one. Gears Hive Busters tells its own little story. Cool little squad. Really, really well done from this team. So go check that one out for you. 
Okay, I, I will. I'm going to continue to beat the drum on Gears. I know, you're the, you're, you're the, you're the Gears man. It's a fun game. I'm telling you, some, yeah, some of my was, most fun multiplayer moments of all time were in Gears Horde mode. So yeah, good. Yeah, I, I did revisit it just to like play more multiplayer. Um, I also don't know if like this counts, but Psychonauts 2 is also an incredible. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean it comes from. So yeah, and Barrett's like, yeah, Barrett's your man for games. Psychonauts 2, yeah. Yeah. It so, 100% oh, counts. awesome. Okay, sweet. Okay, so now we got, we got it. I, I just want the, the people to, out there to know that I play all the different platforms. I'm platform <laughs> Yes, you do. It's right. Well, Shannon, it's been a ton of fun to get to know a little bit about you. Of course, I've been very lucky to bump into you at different gaming events around the globe this summer. Of course, for our audience, if they're looking for more of your writing, more of your thoughts on the game industry, where, where can we go to find more stuff from you? Yeah, absolutely. I try to archive everything and you know link back to it on my newsletter. So I would just say start there. Uh, it's just my first and last name, shannonleo.substack.com. And you can subscribe for free. You can also like choose to support me and with pay tiers. So then I will be you know putting out newsletters every week, uh, updating you on the trial and then all the other gaming news to come. And I also interview uh, developers, uh, people like starting new projects, like they're starting a not a Riot MMO, but these ex-rioters are doing a, what they call Breath of the Wild with friends. So I interviewed them for that story, uh, just like more in depth than other, other folks. So if you want to hear about upcoming games before they even come out, like you can subscribe to me. Yo, that sounds rad. All right, awesome, Shannon. Well, all of our audience out there, you can go support Shannon and get to see even more. But of course, today's episode is all about Shannon. She's going to school me and Gary about this Microsoft versus FTC trial in just a couple of moments. Because of course, before we jump into that, I have to remind you that this is the kind of funny X-Cast we post each and every Thursday at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time on YouTube.com, kind of, or RoosterTeeth.com, and of course on podcast services around the globe. Don't forget, we're now Epic Games partners, which means you can support the team in a brand new way. If you're buying a new look in Fall Guys or Rocket League, if you're buying the season pass over in Fortnite, please use our Epic Creator Code, kind of funny, at checkout to help support the team. And talking about support, we always like to thank those who support us over on Patreon. Of course, if you're watching live, getting ad-free viewing, thank you so much for being part of the live chat and having some fun with us as we record this on a lovely Wednesday. Or... If you're tuning in and being one of our Patreon producers, just like Delaney Twining for the month of July. Thank you so much. This week, the Kind of Funny X-Cast is sponsored by Shady Rays, but we'll tell you all about that in just a little bit. Let's jump into it and let's talk. Let's get school. Let's get legal. Let's get legal is a good one. Shannon, of course, last week was the end of the quote-unquote court case as they put in their final remarks. We are awaiting the final decision from the judge, but me and Gary and Paris, we talked a little bit about some of the highlights that came out of week one, but we didn't get to see the second half of the week with the closing remarks. And of course, we turned to you, the expert, to kind of school us on where do we stand right now, Shannon? What can we as Xbox gamers and audience members look to understand where we're at, what we can expect in the future, and what were some of the highlights for you? So I guess that's a lot, but maybe school us of where we're at right now. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that, that is a lot. Uh, let's start there. Um, so, so this past week, uh, I tuned in. Well, not this past week. The past weekend was July Fourth weekend. So, the, before that, uh, uh, I was uh, tuning into this trial every day, and uh, basically from San Francisco, uh, Microsoft was defending its case why it should be able to acquire Activision Blizzard, and FTC is is trying to explain that uh, it would harm the market, it would harm competitors, it would harm consumers first and foremost if the deal were to go through. And so in the closing remarks, uh, the judge actually did this in an untraditional way where she had the two sides kind of just argue or, or just kind of like defend their case while she asked them a bunch of questions. Normally in a trial, you would have like everyone, uh, the two different sides give a long speech and that would be their remarks. But in this case, we got to hear and think about like what the judge is actually thinking when she's like questioning the two sides because she's sounding skeptical on certain parts of it. So. She sat there, like talking to Xbox, uh, sorry, Microsoft, and, and Microsoft was uh, uh, being questioned on on part of their their situation. So, so, so I was, I'll start off with like what the judge said to, to FTC, uh, FTC. FTC said, "Oh, this case will harm uh, Sony. Like, if if uh, the deal goes through between Microsoft and Activision, that's going to harm Sony." And the judge actually interrupted the FTC lawyer and said, uh, "We don't care about Sony. We care about the consumer." And then she 
had a break. Uh, she just like called a break for the entire court. So and they just like left while <laughs> the FTC lawyer was wait, like, wait, hold on, I'm not done talking. So that was like one moment where it was like, whoa, like he just got interrupted pretty, pretty harshly. Um, and that was uh, that's a good point by the see. judge, though. Yeah, no, the judge doesn't care at all about about Sunny. Um, that's like a common refrain from like fans too of like, why is American court interacting with like, why? Why does it care about like a Japanese company? Why is defending those companies? And uh, I talked to a bunch of experts, so so I'm going to like be the expert whisperer of, of those people I talk to. Uh, and then they're like, it, 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 they they want to protect uh, consumers more than they want to, like like basically that the it doesn't matter if the company is Japanese or American. They just want there to be options for the consumer. So that's why FTC is trying to uh, weigh in on this. Um, but yeah. Going back to what I was saying, so so that was like one place where you can see where the judge was a bit skeptical of the FTC. And then when it comes to uh, Microsoft, Microsoft and, uh, you know, the judge was questioning Microsoft about, uh, I can pull up my article just to <laughs> remember because it's been two days, but uh, there's a part here. Uh, oh, just like, they're, they're thinking about Call of Duty on uh, Xbox Game Pass and how you know, once Microsoft owns a, a Call of Duty, uh, will that be too powerful compared to like Sony and what Sony has to offer at Nintendo? Um, so the, the judge has been kind of pushing Microsoft on that. And, and there's also the, the situation of like the cloud gaming, which is why the UK blocked the deal. Uh, UK said, you know, there's too much cloud gaming with Microsoft. Microsoft owns Cloud Azure. Um, they are the number two in the cloud market overall. So uh, in the future, and also if consoles, traditional consoles that we buy are going out of fashion and you end up uh, with cloud gaming more than uh, traditional consoles, then Microsoft would like control the entire market and that would be monopolistic or, or you know, cause harm to the consumer. So that's why the UK doesn't want the deal to be, to be going through. And the judge was questioning Microsoft, like, you know, what do you think about cloud gaming and how far is that going to be a problem? Uh, but I think, uh, oh, and also the other thing uh, that I highlight in the article is just the idea of, like, uh, if Microsoft had made Call of Duty, if it had creative people developing a game as successful as Call of Duty, then it wouldn't have to be at court at all. It wouldn't have to buy Activision Blizzard. It would have no problems with, like, legal. Uh, so so Sony making God of War, for instance, on its own, that is totally legal, and that's what the market really wants, and that's what, like, the government... Is, is cool with because uh, original design and creation is what they're looking for. They don't want you to like just buy your way to become the best in, and the most uh, the biggest video game company controlling everything. So that is why they're they're in court, and uh, that has also been something that the judge is looking at, just like talking about how uh, how big is Call of Duty and can it be replaced by something else? Like maybe. Uh, you know, if it's bought by Microsoft, does it control, like, is that just going to be something that the other companies can't really challenge anymore because it is Call of Duty just that good? So ironically, it became the FTC all week arguing that Call of Duty is so great and so unique. And it had to be uh, Microsoft arguing that Call of Duty is, is not good and, and not great. And then you have Bobby Kotick from Activision Blizzard, the CEO, he just comes up saying, you know, uh, he actually doesn't even like Xbox Game Pass. And the PlayStation CEO, he was also on uh, videotape. He was also saying, I don't, <laughs> neither. So it's really interesting. You're, you're starting to see like, oh, uh, game developers and, and game companies, they don't like Xbox Game Pass because it's like uh, a, a bad deal for them business-wise. It's such a cheap deal for the consumer, but it's a, uh, giving a few cents to the developer. So, uh, but at the same time, um, it is what Xbox is trying to push because one thing they admitted in the trial is that it's been like, you know, decades of them competing against PlayStation and they're always been in third place uh, behind PlayStation Nintendo. And so their strategy has been go for cloud gaming, go for Xbox Game Pass and try to like push Windows as well and say like the consumer can play anywhere. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really long summary. I don't know if that... Yeah. Is enough for you, or we can like you know dive into yeah. Some let's notes dive and into a couple too. of them. Well, I want to ask Shannon this because yeah. this this is something that was that I thought was it was a big part of the story uh, last week and throughout the whole trial. And you touched on it with some of the some of the stuff that came out about um, uh, people's people's views on 
Game Pass. Like Strauss Zelnick's mm. views on Game Pass came out as one. There was, one, they, there was one. There's no way Microsoft's making money on this thing, or we don't like it either. That was one of men. One of the things that was so fascinating about this trial. It, made, it reminded me a little bit of the Fox News Dominion trial. Was what was really interesting about that was all the dirty laundry that comes out in in, in depositions and discovery. Shannon, uh, uh, the Game Pass thing was obviously among them, but like, what what was some of the more kind of like incidental dirty laundry that you think came out? during the course of this, this trial. Yeah, yeah. Uh, incidental dirty laundry, there's a lot that came out about every different company um, involved. So there are some papers from like uh, PlayStation as well. There's some from, let's see if I can pull these up. But uh, the ones that I covered, I, we can just talk about those because I remember those really well. Uh, just like the Matt Booty emails, uh, there, there are uh, two emails, but the one that I covered was uh, just like kind of uh, explaining. So, so basically, there's a lot of. Uh, uh, so I did this, this whole story where we're just looking at uh, like how Xbox has talked about cloud gaming in the past few years. So I went to E3, like I mentioned, in 2019, and they were pushing cloud gaming back then. Um, and also, I've been interviewing them in the past few years about like the Xbox Series X, S. And I found that uh, internally in these emails, they kind of are speaking about all these products in a different way than they were speaking about them to me. Um, and uh, there, one thing that really came out that was quite, quite shocking was uh, Phil Spencer, I think he was on GameSpot telling them that he was not buying any Japanese game studios. He was not talking to any studios. And then that's, at the same time, there was an email, just a few days after this GameSpot interview, there's an internal email uh, entered into evidence in the trial that shows that he was, and he actually emailed Microsoft CEO Sadia Nadella, hey, we should buy Sega. Sega is a great idea to, to purchase. Uh, let's look at their whole portfolio. Um, and, and outwardly, he had said, oh, no, like, if, if we're buying Japanese companies, that's, that's not coming from me. So that was, that was kind of a shocker. Yeah, like in, on, on, on a broader spectrum, I think one of the things that people seem surprised by, and I was like, I don't know why people were surprised by this, but they, 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 one of the things that came to light was this divergence between Xbox's public persona, which, mm -hmm. is, which is defined a lot by Phil, but also through their social media presence, just the way they brand each other. Oh, we, we just love games, and it doesn't matter where you play, and, you know, oh, congratulations, Sony, on the release of God of War, can't wait to play it, and it's all very like, I'd like, you know, like to buy the world of Coke and Kumbaya. Um, but when you see these emails, it's like, no, Xbox is, Microsoft is cutthroat as any other company. They want to crush their enemies and hear the lamentations of their women. People are like, oh my God, Xbox is actually like trying to, you know, do business and, and win the console wars. Like, yeah, like, are you actually surprised by that? But, there were, but, there, there, but that was definitely laid bare in the course of this trial as like very kind of, you know, we, we love games and gamers and we just, we just want everyone to do well as long as people are having a good time as a public persona but behind the scenes. Yeah, they want to, they want to crush the competition. It, like, it's not that surprising to me, but a lot of people seem surprised by that revelation. Yeah, I, I was really impressed by Shannon's article recently at, on IGN, Shannon. Of course, to circle back to you, the FTC trial unmasked Xbox ambitions. I thought you did a really good job writing about what we're seeing here with the quote-unquote dirty laundry and just kind of behind the scenes, as opposed to a consumer, right, where I see Phil happy-go-lucky. I see the Xbox game summer showcase and Liz thumbs up and kumbaya, but really what's happening behind the scenes is much different than that. And I thought it was very interesting. Also, the reality of not knowing what the best move for mobile gaming was, Shannon. I thought that was really interesting with Phil's email over to, I believe it's Kathleen Gluckstein, I think. Uh, somebody will say... Uh, I might be close on that one, but I thought that was yeah. very interesting of like, Hey, we don't have the right route for mobile. We need to refigure this out or we need to come together and actually find and devise a plan. Cause they didn't have the answer for mobile gaming market and how to win that over. Yeah. It's I, I Shannon, I want to ask you this cause you, you touched on something that was really interesting. And I, and I noticed this during the trial as well, that it, it was unconventional for the judge to be kind of chiming in with our own comments and asking questions like that's actually kind of more similar to the way that the Supreme Court operates, right? Like the justices will, during arguments, they'll chime in and ask questions and sometimes just make statements and comments that court watchers will, will kind of interpret and try to read the tea leaves in terms of which way the justices are going. As you were listening to the judge, uh, you talked about her shutting down the FTC and saying this is about the consumer, not about Sony, like rejecting that argument. In totality, do you think we've been able to read anything in the tea leaves about which way, the, like which, which argument the judge was finding most persuasive and what she'll ultimately come back with? Yeah, absolutely. 
I did another story right after the one that you just mentioned uh, for IGN, uh, where I looked at uh, talking to like you know over a dozen experts. Uh, some of them I quoted, some of them I didn't quote because I actually have Microsoft stock, so I didn't quote those. But there's uh, there's people. I just talked to across the industry and, and tried to get a sense of who's going to win. And uh, there, there actually is more of like a, a majority that you might expect. Like a lot of people think that Microsoft is going to win. And that's because uh, the FTC's argument is around Call of Duty and it's around cloud gaming. And those can be um, just like, it's, it's subjective. It's up to the judge to decide on those. But um, in, in the past few months like uh, under the Biden administration and, and just in general like the FTC has been a bit more aggressive against tech companies and so they even have sued uh, Amazon Prime uh, sorry Amazon recently for for deceptively uh, uh, tricking customers into using Prime so there's just a lot of uh, FTC bring in cases but but there's some skepticism from experts that they are going to win those cases they're just kind of maybe posturing uh, according to those those experts and uh, I just checked it was it was Catherine uh, so you're very close. Close. But. Thank you. Can you can you help me understand the 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 FTC's argument about Sony? Because I'm a little confused on this. So they're saying this would hurt. So again, again, the judge rightly said, "Well, that doesn't matter. We care about the consumer, not Sony." But mm -hmm. to, to taking that argument on its face, how is how if we're going from a status quo where right now Call of Duty is a is a is a massive video game published on 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 pretty much all platforms by Activision? going and that now becoming a, a massive video game that is published on all platforms by Microsoft because Microsoft have committed to continue to publish on all platforms. How does, how does that change the equation for Sony? I'm trying to figure out like, like it feels like that, that wouldn't make much of a difference. Call of Duty will continue to be a juggernaut on PlayStation, same as it ever was. Like what, what's the argument there? Right, right. So I think you are highlighting a lot of the skepticism from the judge and that's exactly why uh, people don't think that uh, the, that Microsoft, or sorry, the FTC has much of a case here. Uh, but at the same time, um, the FTC was trying to prove out that, you know, uh, with Bethesda, with, with ZeniMax, with an internal documents, that uh, Microsoft does have greater ambitions beyond uh, what it's promising, uh, even though Call of Duty will be on all these platforms. Uh, internally, Microsoft has always tried to, well, not always, but it's definitely in these emails proven that it, it's wanted to be competitive, uh, it's wanted to, you know, try to uh, win over Sony and, 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 and attempt to be more competitive in this market where it's always lagging behind. And there are two emails where Matt Booty, uh, another Xbox executive, has said that he uh, didn't want, uh, so I think one of them was about N NVIDIA, uh, if I here, if I remember this correctly, but basically he didn't want any of these uh, Xbox exclusives to be on another pl competing platform. He didn't want uh, that platform to have any access to those. So he said, no effing way is that going to happen. Like, you can have them talk to me. I will, I will block this. So that's one uh, email that he had. And then the, previous, uh, the second email, he actually said that, uh, uh, he, that content is a way that Microsoft can create a moat to block out competitors. And that is... Uh, Oh, that's paraphrasing. Uh, but but basically, that's a sentence, and that's like an email that the FTC is pointing to as evidence that Microsoft does have those greater ambitions. Thank you so much for pulling this email. It's perfect. <laughs> so we can read this. Uh, let's see. So so in this paragraph, this is from 2019. He says, uh, "Content is the one moat we have in terms of catalog." And so so the word moat is something that uh, the kind of like the experts who are more skeptical of Microsoft. I pointed out uh, saying uh, that is actually yeah. I mean like that's a, a term of warfare, isn't it? It's kind of a loaded term in, in and of itself. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So that's that's what they highlighted as like this is great evidence on the FTC's side. So if uh, if you were looking at the other side of like maybe Microsoft would lose the case, that would be why is going back to that evidence. I don't, yeah, I, I just don't think anyone's shocked that giant companies are ruthless when they go mm -hmm. into into competition with one another. Shannon, another conversation that was brought up a lot was discussing the Nintendo Switch and, of course, Xbox trying to make the market seem and, in reality, be bigger than just Xbox and PlayStation. Do you think that they got that messaging across to the judge to understand that the Nintendo Switch is part of the console ecosystem and should be counted as such? Yeah, that, that one is also uh, up for debate. Uh, I think, so I talked to one economist who said that uh, he actually agrees with the FTC on this one and says that you know Nintendo is a competitor to the PlayStation and to 
uh, Xbox. So because it's it's in the FTC's favor to to argue that sorry 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 um, it's in the FTC's favor to argue that the market is just uh, Sony and Microsoft, and it's in uh, Microsoft's favor to say that Nintendo is actually a competitor. So sorry. So the economists actually agreed with uh, Microsoft on this one. So it's a uh, yeah it's that 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 argument is just like different economists trying to describe the market in different ways, but. For, as far as what I've heard, uh, it's just that uh, because you can play most of these games on the Switch, it is a competitor and it should be counted as the market, and that is actually a, a point in Microsoft's favor. I don't. Did did the argument uh, was it raised at all in court that Phil had had previously made a commitment to um, bring Call of Duty to Nintendo, like actually more fully than because Call of Duty's never really been fully on Nintendo platforms. I know they've done it on the Wii and over some, but it's you know it's it's an Xbox PC. And Sony game, but I think I think in the lead up to this trial, I got the sense that Phil was kind of bending over backwards with these public statements to try and sound inclusive, and we're we're committing to this, and we're going to do ten years of that, and we're going to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo more than it has been in the past. I don't know, did did any of that kind of hold any sway in the courtroom, or was it was it raised at all? Yeah, absolutely, that was definitely raised in the courtroom, and I have to wonder of the timing of when Microsoft announced their deal, uh, kind of uh, helps them out in terms of like. Uh, now negotiating with, uh, or now not being in court, because I remember writing this article while I was at the Washington Post uh, interviewing Phil and how they were announcing that Call of Duty was coming to the Switch, and they were really excited about that. Well, well they were promising that. It's actually not, uh, like, I, I don't think, I, I, currently it's not running on the Switch. Like, it's the, the specs are not there. They have to, like, do a lot of development to make that happen. So that was sort of like a future-looking promise. Uh, and th that was definitely something that Microsoft brought up many times of saying, we have uh, this agreement, so you don't have to worry, Call of Duty will be. But that was one, one place where the judge was also questioning and also, um, you know, pressing them on this because it's not actually happened. And, you know, Call of Duty can't really play on the Switch right now. So uh, <laughs> it's a hypothetical that is a guarantee from Xbox. We've spoken a lot about Call of Duty, and I want to go around the table really quick with the two of you and ask you, is Call of Duty the unicorn, right? It's odd to me that we talked about Activision Blizzard King, the mobile side of things in all of this court case and with the CMA have not been really talked about on the Candy Crush side in games like that. Blizzard, you bring up, we've talked about Overwatch with you, Shannon, before the show, of just like Overwatch, you think of World of Warcraft, right? Starcraft. World Warcraft 3, Diablo 4, which is hot right now. Is it odd that it was just Call of Duty focused to you two? And it's Call of Duty the Unicorn. Why weren't the other ones brought up, Shannon? I'll ask you first. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, well, recently there was a uh, study from Jeffries, another investment bank uh, analyst I talked to, and they studied a, a thousand gamers and surveyed them saying, like, what's the upcoming game that you're most excited for? And for them, it was Call of Duty, like almost 40% said Call of Duty uh, over other games like um, other, I think, other shooters as, as well. So it, it's just like uh, the the reason why Call of Duty is talked about so much is like it comes out every year and it's known to be successful and and, and people are always hungry for it. Um, and I think that, you know, Candy Crush was mentioned as well. Uh, that's like the mobile gaming strategy that Xbox has. But, but Call of Duty was the main one because... And, like, I really didn't understand this for so for so long when I was covering this trial and or covering uh, the whole deal being blocked last year as well. Just like why we keep talking about this one game, uh, this one franchise. Um, I, I think it's uh, it also has to do with the idea of like Xbox Game Pass is a really cheap deal. So if you have a really high quality game like Call of Duty, like it's like uh, the analogy Jeffrey thought of was like a Michelin star food and a like budget uh, all you can eat buffet so so it, it kind of uh ruins the uh value like it just it's different from every other uh uh cost like benefit like business deal that the other companies are thinking of and other things that they're offering customers like nobody else is doing that kind of a really cheap deal like that so that is why it has been such a huge thing and harped upon um, i think call of duty gets brought up because it's one, of, it's one of a handful of games that has like true mainstream cultural penetration, right? Like Minecraft, which Microsoft, of course, also owns. Um, and, Call, and Call of Duty's up, you know, Roblox. Call of Duty's up, like, every, like if you're going to make an argument to a judge who's not necessarily a gamer, Call of Duty is something that, oh yeah, I know what, oh yeah, that's huge, right? Like you just, it just, it just like transcends, you know, gaming and goes into, into the mainstream culture. And, 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 and the numbers 
back that up. And I think there is an argument that um, Microsoft owning. I think one. Shannon, tell me if I'm wrong, but wasn't was one of the arguments that Sony was making that if Microsoft is publishing Call of Duty, even though it's going to continue to be on publish published on PlayStation, that they'll favor the Xbox platform and like hold back features, or simply by putting it on Game Pass, it kind of tilts the scales in favor. Of, of Xbox over Sony. I mean, I think there probably will be a non-trivial amount of people who, if Call of Duty becomes available on Game Pass, will start will switch to Xbox. Because they're gonna, if they're going to play Call of Duty every year, they don't, they don't have to buy every year anymore. To what extent was that talked about? Yeah, absolutely. So, so uh, PlayStation CEO uh, Jim Ryan, he was on uh, a pre-recorded uh, deposition. So he was actually saying in this recording that he thinks... Sony really doesn't want this deal to go through. So he, 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 he's like, it's going to hurt our business. Like, I don't know how badly yet, but it could like foreclose them. And uh, yeah, you're, you're totally right. There's something about Call of Duty. Um, and the whole point of that survey I mentioned with a thousand gamers is like, they were asking for more Call of Duty. They're not really thinking about like, want another original game or something else, something cool and successful because they, they can't even imagine that. And they're just demanding more of the same game. So if you own Call of Duty, you basically own all those gamers. Well, you don't own all those gamers, but all those gamers are like on your side and they're just gonna, you know, uh, go with you. And, and so, yeah, you, you kind of like can't change their minds, but you can just go along with what they want. And, and so that's why it's so powerful. I think there's a bit of hypocrisy. I've mentioned this on the show before, Mike. They're sort of, oh, well, if, it's, if Microsoft publishes it, they'll, they'll, they'll tilt the scales in favor of like, oh, you want to play this on Xbox. Sony's been doing that for years with Call of Duty by making deals with Activision. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talked about this before. I think with the last Call of Duty game or the one before it, there was like, oh, there's a, there was a particular game mode. It was like Spec Ops or something that was only, they like Sony had a one year exclusive on that game mode. And as we both know, one year is, is pretty much the lifespan of a Call of Duty game because there's one every year. So Sony's been doing this for a while. Like, oh yeah, you want to get it on, so on PlayStation because we have the best version of the game with, with these exclusive features. They've just been doing it through deals with Activision. Microsoft would, would be doing the same thing just in-house. So I'm not, again, I'm not quite sure what the argument is. Yeah, and on top of that, we know that it would only behoove Microsoft and Xbox to continue to keep Call of Duty on Sony platforms, Nintendo Switch platforms if possible, because it is a moneymaker, right? If you took that away from them, it was only on Xbox and or PC, would it still be the juggernaut that it is five to ten years from now when somebody else is going to have to make a competitor to that for the other platforms as well. But I want to talk more about where we go next in just a moment after a word from our sponsors. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break a pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Shady Rays Independence Day sale is live right now. You can go to ShadyRays.com and get up to 50% off single pairs of sunglasses. You can try for yourself the Shades rated 5 stars by over 250,000 people. Again, that ShadyRays.com. ShadyRays.com. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Shannon, let's come on back with you again. Of course, I want to know where we're at now. The closing remarks were made. Of course, we are now a day removed from 4th of July holiday. It is in the judge's hands. 
When do we expect to hear the final verdict? And what can we expect in your mind on which way this will go? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that's going to be uh, the judge is going to decide within the next week or two. So that's coming up really soon. I'll definitely be covering that. Uh, and then from there, the deal has a July 18th deadline. So if the deal could go, so so if the deal doesn't go through by then, it's going to fall apart. And Microsoft, Activision, they have a choice of renegotiating, which experts think they are likely to do, uh, and they can just you know, kind of revisit this. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that that's basically the the gist of it. And then there might be some, you know, if if this happens, then 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 what will happen? So I can. Go to those details too, if you'd be like. Is there any is there any process uh, for whoever whoever comes out on the short end of this? Is there any is there any process for them to to appeal to a higher court, or is that the end of it? Oh no, there's so many uh, ways to appeal. Like think of it like the Epic v Apple trial, like that. That's still that ended a while ago, and they're still appealing on both sides. Like um, no matter how this turns out, like one side will be unhappy, right? They they can keep appealing. So the FTC, even if they lose here, which is likely according to experts. The FTC can still keep appealing this and keep pursuing this. And even if Microsoft bought Activision, the FTC could still pursue their case against uh, Microsoft at that point. But uh, then experts say, like, if the deal was already uh, closed, uh, it would be much harder to unring the bell, uh, as they say. And so uh, that, that would be unlikely for the FTC to, to get anything from there. But, but they could continue pursuing um, you know, for years. Wow. So if this does, there's a couple interesting hypotheticals to go through right let's say it doesn't go through and they have to renegotiate will we see this price point of 69 billion turn into 75 all of a sudden could it go down to 62 will we see a massive swing in the dollar amount with this renegotiation or do you think it will stay pretty square on where we're at right now yeah that that is a great question um i i want to go back and ask more expert, experts about this but i have talked to uh, activision and microsoft about this and why i think that the company is worth 69 billion dollars uh, and and you know according to bobby kotick uh, in past interviews he said that uh it was a really good deal for them and uh microsoft has said like it's definitely worth that much because of the mobile gaming um so we i guess we can keep also looking at the earnings and, and see if like you know uh, is Candy Crush still delivering at that point, and is it going to uh, shrink? And it looks like you know all these stocks are still up there, so <laughs> I, I can't imagine it's going to uh, the dollar amount is going to change too drastically. But, yeah. What would I mean? What would they if they did if they did have to renegotiate? What What do you think they would? What are the areas where they would need to kind of tweak and represent the deal to kind of get on the right side of the FTC or make it more pal palatable to them or less objectionable? Yeah. Yeah, that would be the, the unlikely outcome, right? But, but if that were to happen, uh, they would definitely need to talk more about, you know, how call up. I mean, I think they honestly, Microsoft has, has done a lot of this work already, like such as getting that 10 year deal with, with Nintendo to put Call of Duty uh, on Nintendo Switch, even though that hasn't, that doesn't exist right now. Um, so, so that kind of thing uh, proved to these regulators or, or was trying to prove that they would be uh, open and uh, equitable and you can see Call of Duty on all these different platforms. So it would be more of the same kind of thing, just kind of con continuing to insist that Call of Duty is, is not that special or important, not a unicorn. Uh, and then also kind of talk, talking about cloud gaming uh, and saying that it is not the, the, not taking off. It doesn't matter. It's, it's a barely part of the market share. So it doesn't matter that, that Microsoft has all this cloud uh, power. And just continuously arguing the same things, uh, you know, court can get very repetitive and, and appeals can get very repetitive. So that that has been a lot of like what I've seen from Epic v. Apple as well. It's just I, I get some updates from them here and there and it's always been like nitpicky and, and going back and forth. So I imagine they'll continue arguing about those two things. Can the judge come back with anything more nuanced or complicated than a simple I side with this side or the other? Is it a binary thing or is there anything in the middle? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, so this has been a kind of unusual uh, trial. It's a it's a speedy like, emergency trial uh, that the FTC called for uh, because uh, Microsoft was going to move forward with the deal anyway, even though the UK blocked the deal. It was going to move forward. It had the approval from forty different countries. So this whole thing has been kind of untraditional. Um, I don't know if the judge would do something in the middle, um, but in the Epic Apple case, 
which is completely unrelated, but, but still antitrust, um, that judge did find a way to, you know, kind of make Epic and Apple unhappy with the outcome. They, they both got some wins, they both got some losses. This is more straightforward of like, just can't, is the deal blocked or not? Um, and I think that's more of a binary, but if the judge can come out with a, something in the middle, like, I, I don't know what that would be, but that, she could be imaginative and creative here. Uh, certainly she can, uh, you know, rule the way that she wants to. And, and to Mike's point, if, if the judge were to come back inside with the FTC, presumably Microsoft would then have to immediately kind of put the brakes on moving forward with the deal as is and figure out like a, a, a new way to kind of, again, renegotiate or tweak it or represent it in some way. If she comes back on the side of Microsoft, though, presumably that would mean that Microsoft would, would go kind of warp speed trying to cl get this deal closed. Because as you said, once once the bell has been rung, it's, it's harder to, to kind of undo it. Right. Absolutely. And then uh, and the only thing we haven't mentioned is uh, how much money Activision Blizzard CEO uh, Bobby Kotick is going to get from this. So if the deal falls through, he gets $3 billion. Well, the whole company gets $3 billion. Um, and if the deal were to pass, uh, he gets $400 million in, in stock. So it's a, I mean, it's a lose-lose for people who aren't fans of Bobby Kotick, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shannon, yeah, the interesting one for me is if they were to win this Microsoft, right? And like you said, they would speed up and close this. What about the CMA? Now what happens over there? Do you know what would take place on that side since it was blocked there? Were they able to work around that? Was the deal still to go through and we all would be hurrah, Activision is now with Xbox and all the thing is happy, but what goes on over there since that's still blocked on that side of things? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Uh, so on that end, uh, the UK is still blocking them. So Microsoft is still appealing and that is going to be a long process of, uh, I, I've heard quotes of uh, a year, 18 months uh, to go through their tribunal process, uh, appealing with them. And uh, yeah, if you read like the, the documents that came out of the, the CMA with the, the UK blocking, it's very much like, no, this is not happening, and, and there's a lot of work there for Microsoft to do to, to change their minds. Uh, that'll take a long time. But I did talk to all those experts, and they said that uh, they, they still think the deal is going to pass. It's going to take much longer for, for Microsoft. And uh, uh, the, the people who are not, the, the, the expert who is not a, a Microsoft fan was uh, saying, oh, it's so illegal. How can they move forward when, when uh, the UK has waited in and said it's illegal? Uh, that's unethical to, to go forward then. Um, but, but even so, you know, they could still do it. We have an audience member writing in. Of course, you can watch live if you support us over on Patreon. You can watch ad-free and you can watch us live. Omega Buster writes in and says, wasn't this hearing only to determine whether the temporary injunction would be extended? Now, Shannon, there was conversation of another trial with the FTC in August. So what is that later on? Would Microsoft have to do all this again in August if this were to go through or not go through regardless? Right, so that, that's, that's, that's right. This is the, the beginning of uh, a longer trial if, uh, uh, I, I, I'm kind of fuzzy on the details, but basically uh, this is only like a, a, a beginning version of it. So if uh, the judge blocked the deal here, it would just end here. But if, if, if the judge agrees with Microsoft, it, it'll continue. And there might be, uh, if the FTC ch chooses to pursue them, there could be a longer trial up ahead. And that would be uh, as the deadline. And that's that's also a little confusing of like what's going to happen at that point. Um, I'm also not too clear on it. But uh, but yeah, we will at least see some some answers in the next two weeks because that that is when everyone has to get to work. Uh, the judge with the answers and and the deal has to be pushed forward. So there there may be a trial um, that's up to the FCC to, to pursue them. Shannon, you've been our expert on today's episode, filling me and Gary in on everything, and of course the audience, most importantly. And so with everything that you have learned, you have heard, you have written about and reported on, do you think that the FTC will win this trial here with the judge once she puts down her uh, decision? Or do you think Microsoft will come out on top during this trial that we're dealing with right now? Oh, so asking me for my opinion. Yeah, oh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think? What's, your, what's your prediction? Do you think yeah. that who, who made the most, who do you think made, made the most persuasive argument? Got it. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I saw Matt Booty, Sarah Bond, Phil Spencer, they're all on, uh, you know, giving their, their uh, uh, testimony in, in court this past, the past two weeks. And they were very convincing, actually. And I think that uh, only maybe Matt Booty with his emails 
this baby caught in a few in a few times. But Sarah Bond and Phil Spencer were very calm, collected, and they presented their points very well. And so, honestly, everything is kind of uh, weighing in their favor, and it's pointing towards Xbox uh, getting their deal passed. Uh, but all the other fuzzier details that we are not clear on in terms of like uh, what exactly is that going to happen, like that's all to be seen. And I, I think it's still worth like monitoring and stuff like going to be really exciting and and unexpected. So. Um, yeah, that's that's what I've got so far. And so, and, and so at some point, like it could be it could be tomorrow or a week from now or two weeks from now. Like the 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 way that this will get resolved is like the judge will just publish an opinion, right? There'll be there'll be a a, a lengthy uh, opinion that she'll write that'll explain why she's decided one way or the other, right? And that'll just that'll just happen. No one's going back into courtroom or anything for like a verdict to be read. This will just they'll just public publish. She'll just publish an opinion the way that the Supreme Court does. Is that right? Yes, yes. I, I believe it's going to be an opinion that we can we can go look at it. But um, yeah, like, like we mentioned before, if AC pursues the, uh, the case, we may have to go back to court anyway and, and have more of these meetings. But, but yeah, for, for now, it is uh, usually like just keep refreshing that website every day. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about some fun stuff because Shannon has filled us in on all the real stuff going on. Let's get back to the gaming world and let's talk about something cool. I got two fun ones to close out today's show. Gamescom has announced that Xbox and Bethesda will join them on the show floor for Gamescom 2023. So all of our best friends across the pond have a chance to see Xbox and Bethesda on the show floor Further details to come on what that actually is. Is it some sort of booth activation? Will you be playing Starfield? Who knows? But a pretty fun one right there. How long? Yeah, I got one for you. How Lay long? It on me. How, how much longer do you think Gamescom has before Keeley sets his sights on Summer Game Fest Europe? <laughs> <laughs> Takes them down as well. I mean, he's already kind of involved though, because uh, he does opening the, night live. Opening night live, right? Is right? Right? Like mm -hmm, part of mm -hmm. that. He's slowly making his mark. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's taking over. Hey. Shannon, I got to see you down for, of course, Summer Game Fest Play Days. We had a ton of fun seeing a lot of awesome developers getting to go behind closed doors for certain games, getting to go hands-on with other indie titles. I had a really good time. What did you think of what Jeff Keighley did down there in L.A.? Yeah, yeah, no, like I mentioned in the beginning, I, I just feel like there's a huge contrast between the, the old E3 and Summer Game Fest. Summer Game Fest, like, there are no developers, like, only the developers of the games that were playing were allowed and uh, into the venue. So I actually had to see some game, uh, developers like trying to sneak in. <laughs> they were not allowed in. They're like, how do I get access? Uh, it was fun to, to play a bunch of like indie games and, and try everything out, but it was just so much smaller. And I felt like, wow, the, the, the magic of the old uh, large 10,000 person conference uh, with all these gamers is a little bit uh, missing. But, but I still had a, a great time and, and tried out everything. And I don't know which other games you've got to play, but. I got to try almost everything. It was a lot of long days. <laughs> it was really rad. Gary yeah, had a ton of fun. It was a great setting. Jeff Keighley, we touched on it before with the games cast crew, but like he created something really special down there for the press to go to. It wasn't open to the public, but to be able to go hands-on with games, talk to developers in a quieter setting than 10,000 roaring raucous fans was really, really special. I will say I do miss E3 a lot. Like I, I like that. And maybe one day, Greg Miller, you can send me to Gamescom because I would like that. I'd go to Gamescom. Is it still in Cologne? Is that still where they Correct. do it? Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Uh, let's finish out with our final one. We have an update to kick off July with Xbox Game Pass. We finally get some Game Pass updates. These have gone a little quieter than normal. Back in the day, we were getting twice a month. They went uh, a little bit more spotty, but now we have an update. Available today, Grand Theft Auto V is back on cloud and console for all you gamers out there with your Game Pass Ultimate and old. Game Pass console subscription. Uh, Sword and Fairy Together Forever is coming to cloud, console, and PC today. And then coming soon, on July 6th, you'll have... McPixel 3 on Cloud Console PC. July 11th, you'll have Common Hood. You'll have Insurgency Sandstorm for PC. Exo Primal, Cloud Console and PC on July 14th. This is available day one on Game Pass. And That's Gary, supposed to be, I, I'm having some good chatter about that Yeah, uh, Shannon, have you seen this? I believe this is Capcom with a very fun PvE and a little bit of PvP spiced in with robots that look like, like they're straight out of Anthem. dinosaurs? And dinosaurs. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shannon, have you oh, seen yeah. Exo Primal? What do you think about this one? Oh, yeah. 
no, I would definitely give it a try. I, I, yeah, do you want to add me on? <laughs> then we can, we can it looked weird to play. me when I saw it, but I don't know. Maybe it'll be good. I don't yeah, know. hordes of dinosaurs. Uh, they've had a couple open betas thus far, and uh, it seems to have a good positive reception. I'm looking forward to seeing this, and a big win for Game Pass day one. This is one of those titles where I want to play with my friends. Now you got four jabronis. Add up $60 <laughs> each, right? That's way too much money for all of us to pay for a game that we're going to play one weekend, right? So I'm hoping that this is a ton of fun. I'm hoping we get more than one weekend out of it. And I'm looking forward to slaying some dogs. Why are we fighting Stegosaurus? That's a one, uh, Blessing like, Adioye Jr. got to preview this along uh, back when he was previewing Street Fighter. What is the new Street Fighter? Six. Six. Uh, and so he previewed both of these games in one day, and he was really looking forward to Street Fighter going in. But when he left, all he could think about was Exoprimal. He had a really fun time uh, previewing Exoprimal. So yeah, this is definitely. It's just something weird about it being dinosaurs. I just saw a Stegosaurus getting fucked up. Like that's <laughs> yeah. a, that's a herbivorous. Stegosaurus is not going to be like why but, but they're losing why are we very, victimizing these, these poor these vegetarian dinosaurs? dinosaurs. They're yes. not like the cool dinosaurs from the past. These are evil. What makes them? Called. What makes them evil? Have they know, have they been man. radicalized? Are they yeah. like far right dinosaurs or something? Maga dinosaurs. Magasaurs. Trump's America. We got to fight the Magasaurs. Keep an eye out. Day one on Game Pass. This is a win for you, Game Pass subscribers. Then we go on July 18th. Tectonica coming on Game Preview, Cloud Console, and PC. This is available day one. And then the big highlight I want to talk about, July 18th. Barrett, if you could bring up a trailer for all of us to watch. This is called The Cave, coming to Cloud and Console. The Cave is an adventure game from Monkey Island and Manic Mansion, uh, Maniac Mansion creator Ron Gilbert and Double Fine Productions, the award-winning studio behind Psychonauts and Brutal Legends. Assemble your team of three from seven unlikely adventurers each with their own unique personalities, and then descend into a mis- into the mysterious depths. All right. I mean, th- there's some names on this that I was like, oh right. man, I know nothing about. I mean, look, you had me at Double Fine, right? It's one of the one of the one yeah. of the few names <laughs> in in games where you go, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I don't even need to know anything else. Ron Gilbert. Ron Gilbert. Monkey Island. Yeah. What's what's going on with this game? How come I haven't well, heard anything about it? It's old. That's why. It's what old. do you mean it's old? It's like the. I think this trailer. Hold on. I can pull it up here. This trailer's from 10 years ago. Wow. Oh, so this okay. is a game that's been out for a while, but it's just now coming okay, to Game come Pass. To, okay. Coming to Game Pass. Oh, okay, okay. Shannon, you brought up Psychonauts. Did you watch the big Double Fine documentary? And what did you think of that? I, I actually did. It's so many hours. I, I didn't even finish it. I was trying to re- watch all of it and then write a newsletter about it. And I was like, you know what? This has been 10 hours in of 28 hours. Um, no, it was, it was great. It was so, it's so fun to see like game development and how it actually happens. And uh, uh, 10 years ago, they're making a lot of uh, jokes that, or how, sorry, how many, sorry, not even 10 years ago, which is the beginning of the Psychonauts uh, being developed. That was uh, a time when they could make jokes about like, I don't know, whales farting on each other or something like very inappropriate. And, and that was a whole different time. So so it was like cool to, to see that as well. And um, I, I wanted to like keep watching it, but uh, it's just, you know, things came out, other games came out and I had other things to do with my life. 20 hours is a, is a lot to us. That's like Ken Burns. It, thing. It's pretty incredible, right? <laughs> yeah. It's my, it's my on the flight watch right? okay I download like seven episodes and when i jump on a plane as rarely as i do that's what i watch right so it's a perfect Ooh. little one to put on you'll always have it uh some cool dlc and game updates i want to inform everybody of for the month of july before we get out of here you can race like barbie and ken right now in forza horizon i 5. saw that yeah uh, i'm sure uh, you saw, saw rebecca really valentine tweeting about that pink convertibles available right now so go do that and then of course just in time fifa 23 Women's World Cup is now available. So if you're ready to go kick butt, play as the women division in FIFA, always a good time, especially when the World Cup's on. Mm-hmm. So please go check that out. And that will conclude today's Kind of Funny X-Cast episode. Of course, I want to thank my gaming dad, Gary Witta, for joining me as always in the studio. And most importantly, thanking you, Shannon. Shannon Liao joining us to talk all things about the court case and, of course, her journey as a freelance games journalist doing so many incredible things inside the industry. So thank you, Shannon. For joining us today. Oh, thank you both. Oh, so great having. Uh, it was such a, such a fun time, and I really yeah. appreciate all the. So jokes. it's so nice to have somebody who knows what they're talking about. Yeah, thank you, yeah. <laughs> Shannon. You made this a great episode because you knew what was going on. And you filled us in, and that's what was most important to us. So thank you for that. Oh. Shannon, before we go, of course, can you fill in the audience? Where can they find you? Of course, we talked about the Substack before, but let's do it again. 
Where can they read the newsletter? Where can they find you on social media? What are you doing next? What are you covering right now? Yeah, absolutely. I'm covering way more video games uh, for the for IGN, for the New York Times, uh, everything. I also have a podcast coming out this summer, uh, the science of video games at the at Scientific American. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, uh, Shannon underscore L I A O. That's my last name. And then my newsletter, like I said before, it's uh, shannonlau.substack.com. Um, yeah, it would be great if you subscribe to that because you can then read uh, all the different news coming out every week and, and always stay on top of things. And I tend to get uh, some, some behind-the-scenes look at uh, how games are made, kind of like the Double Fine documentary, but more uh, anonymous because sometimes people can speak more freely when they're anonymous and just more of investigative stuff too. So, uh, yeah, thanks so much for, for having me on here. It's been really what's, fun. What's um, that uh, yeah. talk you're giving in the picture there? Oh, yeah. So I actually gave a... 10-minute talk about games journalism in New York, uh, where I'm based, and I decided to play a video of Whoopi Goldberg um, on Instagram as a as a kind of way to say this is why we need games journalism because Whoopi Goldberg was super confused and she said she wanted a Diablo uh, to be playing on MacBooks as she was upset with Blizzard and Apple and she said she wanted a, a refund if she can't play Diablo <laughs> on MacBook. And I said, you need games journalism because you need someone to clarify that MacBooks don't play that many video games. So. That's awesome. That's great. Shannon, thank you so much for joining us. And of course, thank you to the audience for watching and listening, whether you're watching over on YouTube and or listening on podcast services around the globe. Thank you for another awesome week of XCast News and Talk. We'll be back for another week next time. We'll see you then. Goodbye, gamers.